Are you an ambitious, driven entrepreneur starting to feel overwhelmed, maybe a little trapped by your business? Well, I have a solution for you. It is the five-day bottleneck to breakthrough challenge, where in an hour a day, we will give you the roadmap, the blueprint, the treasure map to where you can find yourself with more free time, more freedom of money, and a more valuable business. Hope to see you soon www.bottlenecktobreakthrough.com. Public relations is a tool in our promotional quiver, if you will, that isn't often used anymore, maybe not thought of as a tactic to use to promote your business. On this episode of The Real Bottom Line, Paul Fitzgerald is the president of salt and Pepper Media, joins me, and we dig in deep on the subject of public relations, digital marketing, and how you can use these to promote and get your business ahead. It's a good one. This is The Real Bottom Line where we tell entrepreneurial stories about true grit and perseverance from frontline business owners themselves. Now, let's get started. Hello and welcome to The Real Bottom Line. Today, my guest is Paul Fitzgerald and he is the President CEO of Salt and Pepper Media. Welcome, Paul. Hey, thanks so much, Wendy, for having me. This is really exciting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you and I go way back. We won't even talk about how far back, Paul, because that's really not relevant to this conversation. However, <laughs> way back then you had what I call sometimes a real job, and now you are like this big mogul. How did you end up working for yourself and starting this company? Yeah, well, as you know, we met uh, back in our day at St. Mary's University, which was, uh, I worked there um, in the public affairs department. It was a cool gig. I was getting a lot. I was the PR person, so I was getting a lot of faculty in the news and different research publications. How did I get here? I met a dentist who had him invented a mouth guard, and um, you know, I was ten years in working a full time job. There was really nowhere for me to grow. Right. I mean, I could have done lateral moves and things like that, but um, I wanted something just more exciting, more fulfilling. Not that the job I had wasn't, but uh, you know, ten years, I you know, I, I did my time. <laughs> so you got the t-shirts. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. So I met a dentist who invented a mouth guard and um, I started getting him press coverage. And long and short, uh, he kind of franchised the guard to other dentists across Canada and the USA. And he's like, look, all these dentists need someone to do the public relations. Would you take on the role and you can do our company's PR for us giving you those clients? So um, I took the leap um, with uh, with a parachute. The cord worked, but um, there's been no looking back ever since. Yeah, I sometimes consider myself unemployable now, Paul. How do you feel about that statement? I hundred percent. I hundred percent agree. It's uh, I couldn't imagine working for somebody else. Now, mind you, you know we all sort of do work with other yes. people, but we are the you know we're kind of they hire us to be the experts. They look to us for guidance, for timelines. So there's a lot of um, I guess flexibility. There's more flexibility in what we're doing as being self-employed than there is sort of I use the word institutionalized. <laughs> oh, what an interesting term. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So how many years now have you been self-employed building a business? I've been self-employed now for 15 years. Yes. Um, and, you know, you say building a business and uh, it's been a never uh, ending process. I've been building the business um, from day one and I'm still building it. And yeah. more importantly, I'm still learning. What were the, um, if you were to look back now in the past 15 years, what was the biggest thing that you go, 
oh, I learned so much from that. What was something that happened to you that you can pinpoint saying it, it, it may have changed how you did your business? Sure. Um, I would have to say um, the biggest thing I learned is I put my eggs in too many eggs in one basket. You know, okay. You get, you get moving and you get into a niche and it can happen. You know, um, mm -hmm. you know, you could own a, I don't know, a carpet company and all you're doing is selling it to retail and, you know, you're not looking at construction. You're not looking at home consumers. You're not branching out. I don't know why I use that example, but I've been looking for area rugs and carpets. <laughs> the, thing, the things I do in my downtime, I tell you, my Google search is so boring. It'll make you sleep. But however, um, yeah. So I, I think what I learned is I put too many eggs in one basket and, and in doing that, I learned how fast things can change in business, you know, and things are always changing. So I uh, had one scenario early on where I put, like I said, put too many things in one basket and then the company was sold and they hired another PR firm and I became, um, my shelf life had ended. Right. So and all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, you know, I'm no longer have 40 or 25 or 30 clients. And I realized then the importance of one diversifying, yes. always diversify. And secondly, reinventing, you know, and, oh. you know, so I went two, three years in this little kind of it was great. You know, I was working with a lot of press and it still lent itself well with all the media contacts I was making, especially since I work in the startup tech world. Um, but yeah, putting too many, too many eggs in one basket, not diversifying and not reinventing. Just don't be stagnant. I, that's the biggest thing I've learned from that lesson, Wendy. Yeah. You know, I think that that term, I love it. Reinventing. Yeah. I feel like uh, I used to like the word pivot too, Paul, but I didn't, I, I feel like it's been overused, especially in the last couple of years, but reinventing feels so much more about me as an owner and what I'm good at and how I bring value versus I'm just shifting over to something else. Right. And I think we use the word pivot because pivot was a, I guess, a, a, a pandemic term. Mm. Um, but I think reinventing is going to be a forever term. Yeah. You know, there could be another financial global crisis. There could be war. There could be anything where we have to change and adapt to what we're doing, you know, and, um, you know, for example, how much longer will email be around? You know, are you, is, are, are, is, are you using WhatsApp or using social media enough? You know, like we're going to see a lot of things change technologically, and that's also going to include reinventing as well. That's fascinating. Mm. I find that there's so many platforms now that I sometimes get overwhelmed depending on what project I'm working on or who I'm working with. Someone's using yeah. Asana, someone else is using Slack, someone else is using um, Trello. And I feel like I have to learn all these platforms just to engage with providers sometimes. It's it's hard. Right. And you know what the funny thing is, is another year or two, there's gonna be more new platforms, you know, and uh, and the platforms, as you know, they're really sort of intricate. You know, there's something for PR, something for social media, calendars, uh, emails, updates, and things like that. And slide this over for the project starts here and the project starts there and the project's done, you know. And, yeah. you know, some are similar, but it's uh, a lot are different. But yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. It's interesting. Now, one of the comments you made earlier was about learning. And, Paul, mm -hmm. well, you seem to be a lifelong learner because you're actually working on your PhD right now what you've got this successful thriving business what made you go back to school um you know it's funny i started the phd um right around the time of the global financial crisis uh, 2008 2009 
And I started, it was uh, overseas in, in, in England. And of course, a dissertation you can do from distance because it's a book you write and you've got to do online meetings and stuff like that. Um, but I stopped because I had to focus. I had to focus on building a thriving, <laughs> thriving business. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, working at an institution of higher learning, like I did my master's, I did my BA and honors and things like that. Um, but I said, you know, I got to take a break from this to kind of kind of get my head in the right space and grow. And then sure enough, talking to pivot, pivot in the pandemic, um, I decided to go back and I said, you know, this is a perfect time. Things are going to be closed for quite a while. Yeah. And a lot of my meetings, of course, went online, travel kind of halted. Like I was going back and forth to Calgary, but I wasn't going to LA every two weeks or Las Vegas or Chicago or Montreal kind of thing. So I was like, okay, take this time. So I'm just about done. And um, like I said, I, I, it's, it's, a, it's a topic, believe it or not, on COVID. So in a oh, way really? that the dissertation kind of uh, wrote itself because it was all, all current. You know, so, yeah. That's so cool. But why was that important to you? Um, because, um, I guess pride, um, I'm not doing it. Of course, I'm going to hang it up and, and be proud of it, but I always like to finish what I started, you know, and I always said I would, and, um, that kind of, you know, that's important to me because I guess that also speaks to my integrity, you know, and look, mm -hmm. Hey, I've made a million mistakes, you know, um, I've started to work without doing that, uh, signing a contract. I've done the work with hiring people and not having a contract with a client and, you know, you get burned, you learn. Um, but I will say this is that I have paid people back out of my own pocket for mishaps, mistakes I've made. Yes. Uh, everyone's been paid. We've all gone through something, but yeah. I always want to do my best to live up to my word. Cause when I said 12 years ago or 13 years ago, yeah, I want to finish a PhD. Um, you know, I, the timing came along and this is, I think this is the right time. I think I picked a wonderful topic on media and coverage and COVID. Um, and oh, I think I can't it worked wait out to for read the, that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll send you the, the synopsis. It's easier. Awesome. <laughs> or the conclusion. Um, but yeah, no, so it's I, I'm happy to do it to finish it. And I believe in integrity, trust, leadership. And that's part of uh, maybe why, um, you know, my business has continued to grow is because the character I have. Exactly. Yeah, I love it. And it feels like I, I feel, have a theory that I learn more from my mistakes than successes sometimes. You know, it's it's better a oops or what if. That's what I say. Right. Yeah. You know, because, you know, you, and, and I find um, one thing business has done for me is it's taught me a lot more about myself, you know, and mm. I remember working and I've had various jobs. It's, you know, well, that's Sally's fault or that's Peter's fault or whoever. And, you know, or pass this on to this person. I think when you run a business, you have to own it. Um, and the quicker you can own it and admit your mistakes and admit your faults and improve on them, um, I think you're going to be a lot better person. And, and, and I'm sure you've had the same thing is that every time I make a mistake um, or I, you know, make an error, you know, I learn a bit more about myself. Should I have done something an hour before? Should I have been a, maybe a bit more prepared? So, like I said, in going back to the learning pillar, as you, as you brought in, is that, you know, this is um, there's there's really no dress rehearsals here, <laughs> you know. Um, you got to do it. You got to, you got to own it. I actually think of mistakes as learnings. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And you'll remember them. You, you're always going to remember a mistake you made as opposed <laughs> to doing something right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, you know? I think that when you become, uh, or when you are a driving <laughs> business owner or entrepreneur, these successes, you just go, oh, that's great. And you move on. Whereas you may uh -huh. 
spend a little more time in the why yeah. of the mistake versus the why of the success. Yes, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, so you're a public relations, like that's the background. And I am fascinated today because I, I mean, I've done press releases in the past. I send it out. I, I come up with the story. I send it out to the media. It gets picked up and it's a story. Mm-hmm. It feels like that's changing a lot now, especially with digital marketing. And you and I in the green room talked a little bit about the blurring between all this like public relations, digital marketing, the news. Yeah. Give me your feedback and con- comments on that situation. Sure. Well, you know, what's happening, I always say every time a crisis happens, like the global financial crisis, uh, COVID, um, everything changes, changes for everybody. It changes if you work in the automotive automotive world, it changes if you work in the medical industry, it changes if you're in law, you know, things change all the time, and especially bouncing back to public relations. Um, Now, there's been a big shift in uh, sponsored content you know, um, right. So, you know, you can go to a lot of magazines like uh, Forbes, for example, um, and you can pay them 2000 a year to have your own call, you know, where you get a link back to your website, you can talk about your area of expertise, uh, whether it be artificial intelligence, drones, you can write on your topic and that's promotions for you. Um, And then you're in the house. So when you're in the house, as I say, you paid to get in the door um, but, you know, you still have access to the canteen. When I say the canteen, you get to know the editor, you get to know other writers. So then you start making your pitches from the inside as an inside. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Then there's also as well, too, you'll notice uh, morning shows. They have the community spotlight or that sponsored spotlight on a product or an individual. So there's a lot more paid now. Um, now, the prices aren't too bad. I mean, if you're in a, in a New York City or a big metropolitan area, you know, to get on the morning show it could cost you 30, 40,000 for a five minute segment. Um, if you're in Oklahoma City, it might cost about 2000. Uh, same as in Vancouver. It, it, it all depends on the market you're in. So there's a variety of sponsored packages um but a lot of people are turning to that now because it is it is guaranteed media right off the hopper yeah. and of course it, it it'll google it, it's, it will help with your google discovery so a lot of companies are buying that sponsored um realm if you will uh to get 50 stories so when you search for them on google you know they'll come up in forbes they'll come up in TechCrunch and crunchbase and popular science and different magazines like that and publications and tvs so less likely to chance is uh, because, you know, in the, oh, I'm going to call it the old days, you know, yeah. some pe- like some organizations thought it was a story and some didn't. So you mm. didn't really know whether your story, which you felt was super cool, would get picked up. So now you're controlling that, that, that distribution of the story, if you will. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and the thing is too, is that I guess it's also, um, I guess what's the best way to put it? It's also where the newsrooms also have a bit of uh, uh, angle too, where the, as much as you're paying for it, um, they're going to help you kind of craft the story to the way they want it. We're going to work together, right? They're going to help you shape it. They'll help you shape it. Yeah. So they're going to tailor it to the audience, the time it's on and things like that, which is quite fascinating. And, yeah. you know, but I will say this too, is that, you know, if you do some sponsored um, you know, they'll have, they can still have you on as a guest later under an earned media umbrella, if you will. So, I mean, but for, for those uh, of those people who don't know what that means, what does earned media mean? 
Earn media is me writing a mini news story, which is called a press release, and me pitching it to a network or a newspaper, or magazine, or online outlet to say, hey, I've got a really good story idea with a new startup. Here's why what they're doing is going to be really cool, really successful. And here's why your audience is going to like uh, learning more about it as a news or business or lifestyle story. So that's where you pitch it on your own, right. uh, you know, through the email and you pick up the phone and things like that. And of course, back in our day, we used the fax machine a lot and that's passe. So, um, so earn media is pitching it, the publicist, which would be myself, would be pitching it out there to, as, as a story to get it picked up. Uh, the sponsor would also be the publicist coordinating the interview and the whole thing where it's paid. Right. Okay. So that's the difference. One earned yeah. is actually, well, I want, I don't want to use the word free. It just means you didn't pay the end person yes. to put the, the story in because typically if you want to have success, you should be paying for an, an expert like yourself to mediate that or to make facilitate that to happen. Correct. Correct. Right. Yeah. I would imagine that, um, what I, I feel like it's important about that part of, of getting an expert to help with that is that, you can leverage the relationships you've already built. You're not totally. like, so I'm not coming in cold. I'm going in through you and you already know all these people. And you can say, I know what kind of stories you want. Here they are. Correct. That's exactly it. And, and of course, you know, and then you get to know which reporters cover what beats. Um, and, and, and I always say as well too, and this is the importance of having a publicist is that, you know, uh, I think more people now, and I hate to go back to the pandemic, but I think more people are realizing who own businesses or organizations realize the power of Google. So mm -hmm. I tell any client, you know, put yourself out in the newswire, get on the mom pod blogs. Um, right. And of course, always shoot for the big outlets, but take whatever you can, because once people Google in your business and they see you on Google, the first couple of pages, they're more, they're going to, they're, they're not only going to engage more, but they're going to buy. Your business is making a profit, you're growing, but you may still feel like you don't fully have a grasp on how to make the best use of this success. Don't worry, you're not alone. Hi, I'm Wendy Brookhouse, creator of the Total Wealth Accelerator and host of this podcast. I've developed a quick and easy tool that will give you a detailed snapshot of where you're currently at in your business and wealth growth and how you can improve upon it. It's called your financial diagnostic score. It's completely free and you'll instantly get the results. So head over to TotalWealthScore.com right now and see where you can focus to grow your wealth. The uh, thing that came up for me here was quality, not quantity. Because I think yeah. we sometimes say a national publication might actually be more value, but you have some great stories around how small niche publications Yes. generated fantastic return on investment. Tell yeah. me a story, Paul, in this area. Yeah, well, I was working with uh, um, uh, a company that had invented a mouth guard, which is my first gig, uh, being solo. And um, I put out a news release and there was a small publication. It was like an engineering publication uh, that um, wanted to cover it and wanted to interview the dentist. Now, the dentist at the time was very reluctant because you know, of course, we all wanted CNN and ABC. Yeah. It's kind of like this little newsletter, email newsletter. It was an engineering newsletter. Had, I think, 272, let's just say 300 for argument's sake, subscribers. And, of course, I had put the news release out, sent it to all sorts of uh, different places, including this little engineering publication, which, by the way, was out of Massachusetts, uh, Boston. And um, 
So sure enough, I got a call from the editor of the publication and uh, he said, look, I want to interview the dentist. So I went back to the dentist and he's like, no, I, I, I don't want to do, I don't want to do this. Like, it's, what a waste of my time. I said, no, 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 no. This is our first, this is our first rodeo. You know, it's good training. Yes. Let's see where it goes. Right. No, 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 no. He almost, he came so close to firing me. He was so mad at me. Anyway, I talked him into it. He did the interview. Um, it was on a Monday or Tuesday. It doesn't matter. But the following weekend, the newsletter had gone out on a Saturday uh, with the news. Like, you know, here's an invention. Here's an invention. Here's an invention. Here's a mouth guard. Um, so sure enough, Monday rolled around and I got a, uh, an email from uh, a gentleman from one of the subscribers, the email subscribers for this engineering publication. He's like, hey, I wrote about this mouth guard. I see you're the PR guy he goes, by the way, I'm the sports editor uh, at the Boston Herald. And I know Manny Ramirez. And we'd like to uh, have him try it. If he likes it, we'll do a story and we'll put it on the front page of the sports section. So sure enough, um, Dennis went down, fitted Manny Ramirez. Um, the reporter did the story, ended up on the front page. And from there, we went to the LA Times. We went to NBC. We went to morning shows right across the country, of course, with the different dentists offering it in different markets. So that had catapulted, that took us from zero to hero within a span of two weeks, literally. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, yeah, and the company's revenues, it said, as far as I understood it, Wendy, uh, it was shot up to uh, over a million within the first six months based on that, 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 those efforts. So wow. I always say, I always say, you know, and that's quality. I looked at the, of course, I looked at the publication. They were very, you know, they had some really good contributing, there were short right. stories. Um, so, but in saying that, um, take whatever you, I mean, take, take all the media you can, because you just don't know where it's going to end up and get reused, especially nowadays with media conglomeration, as you know. Exactly. So I think sometimes, um, I feel like sometimes we don't know as business owners, what is the story, right? So what is story worthy like, or what, what are, what is the content people are looking for that will generate results for us? Yeah, um, I think um, telling a story about um, how you came up with, I mean, what a lot of people like is the, the personalized, the personalized, personalized side of a brand. Um, you know, um, for example, if you know, if you're coming out with a, a fashion line, and it's African based, well, there must be an Africana theme that, you know, you can connect with audiences that will, you know, enjoy that, you know, um, you know, so I mean, the, the most important part is to, to find that spin is, you know, what's the what's the what's the background, you know, like, what what is your passion? Why did you decide to launch your startup or product or brand or service or whatever it is, you know, tell us, um, tell us about that. But more importantly, is communicating how what you're doing is going to solve a problem, right? Yeah. So I work with a lot of startups. And they always say, well, you know, I was, <laughs> I was out walking my dog and I came up for the idea for a leash that can connect to an app. And I went online and I couldn't find one. And I went to the box store and I couldn't find anything there. So I decided to make it myself um, because me, my friends in the neighborhood, you know, were talking about the same thing, you know? So um, th that's, and that's perfect with branding is finding that solution to a problem. Everything has a problem. It doesn't matter. It could be dresses it could be jeans it could be apps it could be drones um as long as you can find that story about why you created it and your passion and how your brand is finding a solution to the problem that is really what hits home that's amazing mm -hmm. so um if i'm a small business owner 
and I'm not quite ready for someone like yourself, Paul, what are two or three things I could be doing to get my message out about that? Um, first off, social media is a great one. You want to build up your social media followers. Uh, that's I always like once your website's all done and matches what you're doing, your brand. And we've talked about this before and how, you know, have a website uh, that reflects what you're offering. Um, and then I would get to work right away on social media mm -hmm. and knowing the hashtags, um, some boosted posts. You can worry about them later, but I would start building an organic audience. And then you can, you know, certainly later a certain post. Um, whether it be a holiday theme or, or really anything, a, a seasonal occasion or something kind of historical, then you can boost it. Or if you have a deal going on, you can boost it. Um, but then what I would start doing is I would start, you know, um, writing some press releases, many like, you know, many, there's all sorts of places uh, online, as you know, on, on how to write a press release. And I would write one, share it and have some people look at it. I'd even go to a PR firm and do the free consultation with your press release to see what's needed, you know, right. and, you know, and this is innocent, you know, a lot of people out there who start businesses, uh, if they have an app or a toffee or a fashion, they don't do public relations. It's the same with doctors and dentists. They do medical, they do dentistry, they do you know, everyone has their sort of their own niche. It's like me, I don't do my own accounting. Uh, sure, I can look up on Google on how to do it. But, you know, um, uh, I would start to save up, I would start to carve out a bit of your revenue, or uh, maybe any savings, or if, yeah. obviously, along the way, to kind of get some press releases ready to, 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 to send out to the local media, and spend the time to look at which media might be interested in covering your story. You know, are you just offering? Are you just a storefront locally? that would be work well with the local or are you on online where you're selling on Amazon and things like that? Um, or are you international? You know, I mean, so you have to look at, you know, your media market and see who would like, who would want to cover it. And that's just take some research, but take that time, build your audience on social media, get some press releases ready. And more importantly, go for that free consultation. You, people call me all the time and say, Hey, can you look at this? And I'll talk to them. I, I and a lot of us aren't here to take the money. Um, we're here to help, you know, and it's just, it, it, it feels good. So that's what I would recommend. When you think of um, public relations, and I have my marketing, I have social media, I have sales, I have all these things that are kind of out there getting my message out and pulling in sales or activity for me. Uh -huh. Where does PR fall? Is it one of the first things I do? Do I start my marketing first? Like, when do I call uh, Paul Fitzgerald and Salt and Pepper Media? Ah, that's a really good question. Uh, you know, I would suggest, of course, the marketing is 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 first and foremost, obviously. Okay. You know, because um, that's the look, the feel, uh, the the messaging, mm. the slogan, all that within one. So I would get that launched. Um, you know, uh, I I would you know I would get that launched first. Yeah. Um, in fact, I would get that going at the same time when you're going to launch your website, right? right? And I think when that all those uh, things are in place, and you know, you have your you know. Um, you've got your product ready to go. You've got, you know, you, you can send some samples, if you will, to media. Then I would say launch the press release right away. Um, I think most companies now will do their marketing at the same time when they're building their website and getting their social media channels ready. So um, I would say off the hopper when you're ready to go and everything's up and live, then, you know, hit the go button. Is there anyone who shouldn't use public relations? Any kind of business, any huh. sector? Huh. Well, um, I think every, every sector needs public relations. Um, and don't forget public relations is very multidimensional. You know, um, I could, um, you know, I don't know, I could have a new line of canoes. 
um, that, you know, um, that are solar powered. I'm just making, throwing some stuff out there, but that, might, but that might be great for a lifestyle magazine. That might not be a good fit for the Globe and Mail, you know? Right. And so like when I say multidimensional uh, and I go back to the mom pa blogs and this also goes to video uh, podcasts, um, you know, there are thousands and thousands of people who have niches out there, um, whether it's fashion, whether it's lifestyle, um, whether it's apps, drones, uh, food, travel, um, there's literally thousands and thousands and thousands of podcasts that you can get yourself right. on who have thousands and thousands of subscribers, you right. know, and they're always looking for content as are niche magazines, right? You know, so for example, if, you know, if you, if you're a staffing agency, you know, you want to look at HR magazine, you're going to want to look mm. at, you know, different things like that and, and go on podcasts where, you know, someone in New York or Los Angeles or Vancouver, Toronto has a show that can talk about HR topics, if you will, or staffing topics, yeah. right? So you have to look at many different directions. So the answer is yes. I think everyone can Perfect. benefit from PR. Let's um, shift gears just a second uh, and talk about um, crisis management. Oh, yeah. Because I think that it's an often overlooked part of the tools that a, a public relation expert can bring to the mm -hmm. table. Mm -hmm. What is crisis management in your mind, Paul? When do we need it and why do we need it? Well, crisis management, obviously, it happens when, um, well, let's just take um, the, um, the situation with um, one of our biggest um, internet and mobile providers went down for a few oh, days. Oh, yes, right. Okay, so, and I'm not going to, it doesn't matter, I'm not going to name names. Um, but we at the all same know. Time, so it's okay. yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Roger, <laughs> Roger that. <No>. Uh, <laughs> um, um, that's a that's a great current example of crisis communication. So is a pandemic, but let's just stick with the, the most current yeah, one. Yeah. Um, okay, everything went down. So you have to have um, a communications plan ready to go. So you have to get statements ready. Um, that's a crisis. You have thousands of customers. You have thousands of businesses that rely who can't have that downtime like yeah. you and I, I can't, I, nope. I, if I have a day downtime, you know, it could really hurt me, believe it or not. Um, but I think obviously in this case, a lot of people understood um, the situation and people were, you know, flexible. And I think people are a lot more flexible um, these days, especially after uh, the COVID uh, being locked up at home and pivoting and things like that. And people are a bit more sensitive to change and understanding. So, but, you know, crisis management is where, you know, you have to have your CEO or spokesperson always ready for media briefings every hour, two hours, you have to put out statements, you have to explain the situation. And most of all, you have to be very truthful um, in, in what's taking place and how it's being fixed and corrected. I think that is so important in particular around cybersecurity. Like I think it's an area that we don't always think about, but if we were to have a data breach, we have yes. to be ready to talk about that yes. in a way to our clients that shows what we're doing, why we're doing it, all that stuff. And if you're not prepared, that can actually, your response time matters. Well, oh, totally. And if you're not responding, uh, uh, people automatically just assume, well, the company's ignorant. Uh, they don't care about its customer, uh, customers. Um, and so um, now I will say Rogers, I mean, they did a very good job at um, acting, you know, hey, here's a situation. We're looking into it. We are working diligently to fix it. And that was their constant message overall. And you know what? They apologized. 
Um, yeah. And they apologize profusely to their to their clients and customers. And I commend them for that. It's not an easy job. I mean, that could have happened really, Wendy, to, to really any provider out there. But it just so happened. It happened to them. Um, of course, there was a some I think it was a data breach. Yeah. Um, and um, like I said, everything can change like that. You yeah. could be a small business. You could be a medium sized business, extremely large or big corporation. Um, but, you know, having certain things in place to know when something goes wrong, you have to address it, you have to communicate it, and you've got to communicate it ongoing, and you're going to need to apologize. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. The world we live in. Yeah. I, uh, I think back, one of the examples I also think that was really successful was Maple Leaf Foods back a few years um, when they had some, it just seemed like the CEO was out, he was talking, and it went, you know, I don't think they lost any brand equity over that. Right. Correct. Yeah. Because they, they managed it. They did it yep. right. That's right. That's right. And you know what it really comes down to it? Um, when you do it right or you do it the best you can, I think most people are going to be sympathetic to your situation. You know, right. uh, you know, really, you know, geez, I, I feel kind of bad for them that this, this happened, you know. And as long as you're, again, communicating and, and working through the situation, I think people, most people will understand. Um, it's not easy, but you'll get through it. That's awesome. Mm. Um, what I ha what I haven't I asked you that an entrepreneur should know about PR, the integration of the marketing, all those pieces. Um, I think well, of course, um, you know, um, you know, it's 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 managing projects is another big area for mm -hmm. a PR firm and really for any any company. And we won't go back to these uh, platforms uh, Monday and and things like that and teamwork. You know, um, I would recommend uh, that you know if you know as you launch out. Uh, have all your projects on these platforms they're good to stay organized where you get emails and things like that um you get updates on uh, notifications for different projects those are important i think it's important to be organized as well mm. you know if you own a small business or you own a pr firm it doesn't matter it can, or a construction company or whatever it is uh it's being organized that's the most important part paul i want to thank you so much for your time today People can find you at saltandpeppermediainc.com. And I want to thank you. And the real bottom line here today is everybody can use PR. Wow, there was just so much learning in this episode. Do you want more? I have a special offer for the right entrepreneur, a complimentary one-on-one -on -one coaching session that is all about you, your business, and your goals so that you can accelerate your business and start to accelerate the growth of your network head over to wealthcoachwithwendy.com. There you will find a letter that kind of outlines all the details of this offer and also an application form. We have an application form because there's such a limited number of, of slots that we're opening up for this that we want to make sure that the people that um, uh, do are successful in getting the slot, we can make the biggest difference with. So head over to wealthcoachingwithwendy.com and apply today. Thanks.